Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. This Facebook's brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation. Well, Heidi, today on this Facebook Live, we are going to be talking about caregivers dealing with the coronavirus. And we have got a great guest on today. We've got Ken Druck. Hi, Ken. Hi, guys. Hi, Dr. Ken Druck. It's so great to have you on. Let me tell you all about Ken before we get started. Ken is a fabulous psychologist, and he has given psychological support to so many people. He was called on with families during 9-11. He was involved with Columbine and Sandy Hook. And Ken started the Jenna Druck Foundation in 1996 after the death of his daughter, Jenna. He's a best-selling author, The Real Rules of Life, and Raising an Aging Parent. And resilience is for sure what we need now, especially Heidi has had to be resilient recently because she was diagnosed a few weeks ago with the COVID virus. How do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, um, my own experience was that I, I started to get the symptoms and I thought, you know what, there's no way I'm gonna, I have it. That's too strange. It took on a natural progression and, and by Friday I had all the symptoms and a fever that spiked up to 102. And I looked at my son and he said, mom, I think you have the coronavirus. And so I called the hospital and they said, you need to come in right now because you just recently came from New York City. I live in Midtown Manhattan on the 44th floor. So it was very hard to socially distance. Um, so I got in the car and he drove me to a COVID site, which was bizarre. It was right out of a science fiction movie. There were tents all lit up and people waiting to be tested in full gear. I was tested on Friday night and on Sunday night, I got a call from the hospital saying that I needed to isolate immediately in my bedroom. I needed to have absolutely no contact at all with anyone in my family. I needed to wear a mask and gloves if I was going to even handle utensils because I had the coronavirus. I had tested positive for COVID-19 and I was highly contagious. Wow. So it's been a very strange journey. We're talking about caregivers dealing with these kind of issues. I mean, for Heidi to come forward, what are your thoughts about that? First, first of all, my heart is with you. I can't even imagine Thanks, getting a call and somebody telling me you have it. Yep. And you need to not just casually quarantine, but you need to now completely isolate. Mm -hmm. And what happens to us, we're all still human. Yeah, we're caregivers, but how is that going to affect me? You know, I can't even imagine, Heidi, what, what it's been like for you the last couple of weeks. And to, to wonder, when is this going to be over? When can I get back to being Heidi? When can I get back to my clients? When can I, and I'm even amazed that you're here with us today. And I'm so grateful that you're getting better and that things are improving. Because for a lot of people, they're not. Absolutely, Ken. I'm very blessed because I'm seeing all these horrible stories on television about people that are not surviving and are in the hospital, you know, fighting for their lives. I have a friend that's brother right now is in New Orleans fighting for his life. 
So it's really heartbreaking. The thing that's been really surprising for me is the shame and guilt I have about having it and the fact that I had it for at least a week and didn't know it. The only person who can disarm us of guilt or shame is ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can be, you know, cutting and punishing and beating ourselves up, which we all do. Um, you know, my slogan for this last year was take your foot off your throat and put your hand on your heart. Oh, I love and that. To really contain the critical part of ourselves that goes after us when we haven't been perfect mm -hmm. and, and put our hands on our hearts with self-compassion with grief of any kind. And the kind of grief we're talking about today is, you know, and for, for the audience, the Open to Hope audience, we're all people who've gone through grief and loss. Well, coronavirus is giving us living losses that we've never dealt with. Living loss, nobody has died yet necessarily, mm -hmm. but we've lost the life and the sense of certainty or familiarity or security that we're used to living with, and we're living with a threat. So yeah. the loss of security is unsettling and unraveling for a lot of us. And how we deal with that, especially those since we're focused on caregivers, and hopefully there are a lot of them watching today, mm -hmm. is how, how do we take care of ourselves? We're so good at teaching everybody else, but it's something that most of us have to learn. I've been giving training programs for doctors, nurses, people working in domestic violence, because there's a lot of that going on. A lot going on right People now. who are living with the threat of, of losing a loved one or the, the distance, the loss of companionship and proximity to our own children and our Well, I think parents. of you, Ken, you have these two amazing twin grandsons that are to die for and, yep. and you can't see them, yep. you can't hold them. So one of the things, because we're going to give people a lot of things they can do mm -hmm. besides feel helpless and how to deal with the feelings of lostness that most of us are experiencing. Well, I get, I'm on a, a diet of getting two FaceTime messages a day <laughs> oh, where I that. get to see and make stupid faces to my grandsons. I love That's that. a living loss, not yeah. being able to be with them. They're at six months and at that age, little babies are changing every day. Dad, they're sitting up. Dad, he found his ear. You know, Dad, they're playing with each other. So getting, getting, using technology, the technology that's bringing us funny, occasionally funny things. How many of us are getting funny things? How many of us are in closer touch with our families than we've been for years? Yeah. Because we have the time it's found time and we're using it wisely and we're learning to use technology as well. You know, um, we had a trivia night last night. Heather had all of us send in trivia questions and added them up and she gave a, an Amazon gift certificate for the one who got the most trivia questions right. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. I love so, it. So that was a lot of fun. Ken, I wanted to ask you, what about the people that are watching the show now who have had a loss recently and now they've got this going on, a layered on top of on top? Yeah. I, I, I'm actually, many of my clients are going through this and it's like they're switching back and forth because what's happening in the world is, is surreal in its own way. 
it's its own roller coaster. We go from surreal to all too real. And yeah. now we're doing it in parallel. So we've got our grief and we're, our, we're, we're grieving a loss and our hearts are still shattered and raw. And yet we're also having to deal with this. So we're, in some ways we're being traumatized in both areas, depending on how we lost somebody. But there's a crossover and sometimes it's understandably confusing that we don't, what am I doing right now? Am I grieving the loss that I can't see my grandkids right now? Or, or am I grieving the loss of my mom who I lost you know, this last year? And what am I feeling? So sorting out all those feelings, it helps so much to have somebody we can talk to, to figure it out in our own heads is sometimes so difficult, but to have one trusted confidant that we could say, hey, I think you know, today I'm feeling the loss of my mom. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm yeah. feeling loss of my child. And that's what's weighing most heavily on my heart today. But it's okay to also be concerned about what's happening. It's so un, you know, unnerving and unsettling what's happening in the world. And it's changing every day. And it impacts every single person. You don't have to have COVID-19 to be completely impacted. In fact, I have to say for myself, I had so much anxiety about getting COVID-19 that it really overtook my life. Well, I have it now. So I don't have that, that anxiety anymore. So it's a weird dynamic, right? But it, everybody is impacted by this. I mean, there's nobody that hasn't been impacted yeah. at some level. And, you know, we're, we're people who have lived in the realm of understanding death and mm-hmm. loss, life loss. Mm-hmm. And what's happening collectively in our nation and in our world is that people who've meticulously avoided thinking about in a a death-denying culture, Mm -hmm. you know, where we avoid, hide, deny, repress, run from anything that has to do with the fact that life is a least deal, that we have to come to terms with impermanence in this lifetime Mm -hmm. because we don't go on forever. So what's happening is the threat of having something right. of this invisible germ that could take our life. Yeah. I could be here another week or less. Something could attack me and take my future from me. Yeah. So we're all having to confront and come to terms with the avoidance that, or if we've been avoiding or denying death, we're all kind of flirting with the possibility of, my God, if this were my time, what would I want to say to the people I love? What would I be doing? Would I be cleaning my desk? You know, because I don't want to leave a mess. I don't want to leave my life in chaos. So it's an opportunity to do some spring cleaning in our lives, to put our houses in order, and to use the fear that's arising about dying, because hopefully I hope and pray Nobody here, nobody on this is what that's watching is dying, or as anybody that is dying that knows anybody who's dying. Mm-hmm. And I know you do, Heidi. Mm-hmm. But but to use this as a wake-up call to say, I'm gonna put my house in order, not because I'm expecting to die, but because if anything ever should happen to me, I want to leave a legacy of love, not of chaos. Mm-hmm. And it might be a good time to look at your will. 
Mm -hmm. everything and if you can't you can't make it can't get a lawyer but you can write it down on a piece of paper now and and get started with it well uh ken you lost jenna many years ago and we lost scott many years ago and scott uh the date of they call some people call them angels day or whatever is coming up on april 2nd scott will have died many years ago i just wanted for people who are watching this what do you do to remember jenna well you and know, your mom. We had an angel anniversary um, last week. Jenna died on March 27th. Okay. Wow. And so I've just gone through it, and every year is different mm-hmm. for me. You know, the the main thing I think about is, do I really need to re-traumatize myself? Mm. Do I need to conjure up, or can I make both her birthday and the day that she passed from this life? a celebration of my love. You know, I've often said that what starts as the most unconditional form of love, mm-hmm. the love of, of a father or a mother for their child, that becomes an unspeakable sorrow, wants to become love again. Mm-hmm. It wants to evolve. So what I do is I still have the pictures. I still have my Jenna pictures out. Usually I have them all over the place. But last week on her, on the day that she died, I took out pictures. I allowed myself, yes, I talked to the dead. I allowed myself to talk with Jenna. I allowed myself to listen for her, to allow myself a day without pressure, mm-hmm. without having to, it, you know, it's a day in, in, the, in, the, in the eyes of the universe. It's another day of, of, of rotating around, you know, of the universe moving. So I don't need to re-traumatize myself and I can fill myself with the love that never dies, the love and the sweetness of the memories that my life wouldn't be my life if I hadn't had Jenna in it for 21 years. And to feel the blessing of that in my life that will sit right next to the brokenness Mm -hmm. and the brokenheartedness. That's a part of me too. But I've stopped being ashamed of it making excuses, having to justify it. Oh, how long has it been, Ken? You know, I, I don't live by that clock anymore. Mm-hmm. I've given myself permission to grieve for as long as grief is a part of me, but to also love because that love is a part of me. My love of Jenna will always be a part of me. I love, I really like that, Ken. Thank you so much. Cause I know it's important for people that are joining us on this show because you know, these days are gonna come up during this lockdown times that we have. And, and you know, to have that uh, idea you've given it is fabulous. And I really like what Ken said because we can torture ourselves and we re-traumatize ourselves. And you know, thinking about the way that Scott lived is me feeling closer to him. When I think about the way that he died, I don't, I, I, that's about the way that he died. I don't feel close to him when I think about these things. So creating choice points in our lives where it's like, okay, I'm gonna create more space to think about the way that he lived. Because the way that they, Jenna and Scott died was a moment in time. Yep. So uh, I really like that, Ken. But as far as Scott, the kind of things we're gonna do, um, I think we're gonna have a virtual Zoom call with the family and, and talk about memories great memories, funny memories, things that we all know, um, the way that he grew up with us. I love sharing the memories, right? And the stories. And especially for those that didn't know him. We did, you're mentioning not know him. We did a Zoom call on the rest of the family. A lot of the family, including 
the family members who have kids now, yeah. they didn't necessarily remember that March 27th, but they said, why don't we have a Zoom call March 27th? So in the middle of the call, I said, can I take, can you indulge me in a few minutes of Jenna talk? Mm-hmm. Because this is the 24th year that Jenna, Jenna has been gone longer than she was alive. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to celebrate her. I, I don't want this to be a moment necessarily of sadness, yeah. but I'd like to introduce you guys, the little kids, to Jenna. Would that Love be okay? <laughs> and maybe some of us who knew her could tell a story, mm-hmm. something funny that she did or something special about the way she was. So I think we can also do that for those of us who are in the club that have many years have passed. Right. There are people who never knew her or him. And we can introduce them and what a light they have been and they continue to be in our lives. And speaking of light, it's a great time to light a candle. You know, we're talking about self-care today. Mm-hmm. And most of us know what it, it takes to take care of ourselves. We don't know necessarily when we're, you know, sheltering at home necessarily. It's a new challenge. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I've got to download the new software for sheltering at home Mm self-care. Since I can't go out and get the Manny and Petty, I can't (laughs) go out and have coffee with a friend necessarily. How do I do that? How could I leverage technology? How could I talk to people that I haven't talked to? How can I write some things down? How can I get on a great tune into podcasts and Facebook live programs that are happening everywhere so we can all be a community together? So the handbook, the self-care handbook that I write is something that I have given, that I use as a training program. It's got simple cartoons. And, you know, we all, most of us know what it takes, even though we can write the the coronavirus self-care, the new new things that we're learning how to do. But most of us know how to do it, but we have these self-care saboteurs, (laughs) these ways that we talk ourselves out of doing it. Yeah. Oh, this is more important, or I can't do that, or that would be taking food out of somebody else. Well, it's time to download the new operating system for professional grade self-care during the coronavirus. And each of us can discover, not only can we learn from each other, but each of us can discover within ourselves. It's like, all right, what would make me, just the question, what would make me feel stronger? What would allow me to feel more relaxed? What would allow me to have a sense that I am moving my body, even though I'm in this building? I can get on the floor and stretch, or I can watch, you know, dance, get on and watch one of these great, turn on some music and dance and get a workout. So, or if I'm grieving and I'm used to being in a support group, if the support group isn't online, what can I be doing? How can I continue to get the love and support and learning the peer education and support that I am used to getting. And we, can, we all have those answers in here and we all have people that we can trust out there that we can reach out to. So let's all rededicate ourselves to taking exceptionally good care of ourselves. So at the end of this, we can even share some of the newfound strategies. Like, I can't believe it. Guess what I did? guess what I discovered I could do because I was confined in my house but guess it opened a world of possibilities to me 
Let's look for those opportunities and world of possibilities rather than focusing on, oh, I'm getting cabin fever, I'm so cramped up and feeling bitter and angry about all the things we can't do. This is a new game. Yeah. It's okay for us all to relax and especially to tell ourselves that it's okay not to know exactly what to do. We're all making it up as we go. And some of us put so much pressure on ourselves feeling, oh my God, I should know what to do. I'm not doing it, you know. And we're making it worse by putting, take your foot off your throat and put your hand on your heart. Be patient, kind, that. gentle, self-compassionate. You know, let's all give ourselves a sense of ease. And I love what you said, Heidi. Let's all keep moving because, you know, there's the greatest way to continue to keep our immune system strong or to build back immunity is to move our bodies. Ken, how do we get your books? You know what, go to, go to kendruck.com or go to amazon.com. All my books, including the audio books of my work are available on amazon.com. Just look under kendruck, amazon.com. And if you can't find it there, get a hold of me at either ken at kendruck.com or go to my website, kendruck.com. All right, Ken. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Ken. Hugs really and kisses. Heidi, Love can you. I give you a, a cyber hug across <laughs> the country? We adore you. You are such a bright light in this world. And I know that Jenna just shines through you as well. So Jenna and so Scott much. are laughing totally and joking together. and kidding and watching us and <laughs> acknowledging us for doing this. And bless everybody else who's watching now or later and uh, stay well, stay healthy, stay strong. Yeah, and we wanna remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and visit us to at opentohope.com and God bless everybody. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.